1: Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our TGT podcast, our weekly show in which we reflect over the weekend's events. I'm joined by some of our regular guests to get the lowdown on what their th- feelings and theories are regarding the game. To do so, I'm joined first of all by Dan
2: Pot. So, do, mate. Are you well? Are you good? Very well, thank you, Kent, And Thanks for having me on again, bro. It's freezing cold, bro. It's mm. freezing cold. And I need... Do you know what? I've been at my parents for, uh, for a little bit and uh, it's absolutely freezing in my house. I thought, do you know what I'll do? I'll turn the heating off and just save on bills. Now I've come in and it's like the biggest mistake ever, bro. So, but <laughs> pleasure to be on, mate. Pleasure to be on.
1: Always, mate. Yeah, absolute pleasure to have yourself on uh, as per... I know that, as I say, people like when you, we get you on because uh, we obviously don't see eye to eye on everything and that creates lots of plenty of discussion. Which is always healthy. Uh we're also joined by Raf, whose camera's gone off, so I'm praying he's still there. Are you there, Raf? Are you with us? Or have you checked something? I am if you it's... can
0: hear me. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I don't yes. know what's I don't know what just happened, <laughs> but it's, Technical so... difficulties affecting to Raf. Straight away. Straight <laughs> away. Like, yeah, but I'm good though. It will come back on in a minute, I think. Okay, sweet. You, look, you, look better, you look better. You look better, Raph. Anyway, leave it. <laughs> oh, cheers,
1: man! <laughs> cheers. <laughs> you see, we're a welcoming environment, is what we are. Is what we are. Yeah, uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get your raw reaction, guys, to the game yesterday. Dan, we'll start with you. What did you think of it?
2: Uh, so the first, time, worry, uh, first half, sorry, worried me a little bit, Tom, if I'm honest, because I've still got these concerns about this lack of attacking style and some of the creativity that I still feel we're struggling with. <clears throat> I've got a bit of a not beef with him, but I've just I want to see more from Martin Erdegaard. And although I saw yesterday some glimpses of some uh, some play and him keeping the ball well. I'd like to kind of see him do something with it, you know. I'd like to see some creativity. I'd like to see some goals and assists would be, of course, nice. But I'd love to see him play, see, try and put his teammates through once or twice. And I wasn't really seeing enough of that yesterday. I was a little bit surprised by the team lineup, not just because Lacazette was dropped, but also um, Nuno Tavares starting. Everybody, I think, thought Kieran Tini was going to come back in. But actually, the two fullbacks were our best players. Tommy Yasu was my man of the match with an assist and a fantastic performance and clean sheet. And Tavares, everybody was giving him man of the match as well because, again, a fantastic assist yeah. and performance. So I think when you look at us going forward, to have two of your most threatening players at fullback, as much as that's great, you do start to look at other opportunity, um, other options that we have and start to question mark what's going on around other to- areas of the pitch. Having said that, the second half I thought we came out really well, Tom. I really did. I was I was impressed, and I was speaking to Turkish at Anfield because he was sat in front of me, and we were both having a chat, and we kind of said at half time. Do we ever really see a different Arsenal? Because the game's normally already won or it's already lost. So Mm. it'll be really interesting to get a game at some point soon where we can see what happens with Arteta's team talk or tactics. And we got to see that against Newcastle only a week later because actually for me, although it wasn't really like Newcastle had many chances in the first half, only a save from Ramsdale, from Shelby's shot was really all that they had. However, in the second half, I felt we came out fighting. I was impressed with Saka coming from uh, that link-up play with him and Smith-Rowe. And I sometimes Mm. feel like we're neglecting that link-up play by playing the opposite sides to each other. Because I really like it when Smith-Rowe comes in the middle and him and Saka can link up. And we don't really always get to see that of late. And the last thing I'll say, mate, is Martinelli. I've been crying out, Tom, like you know I have for how long for this guy to be given a chance. And when he has been given a chance, it hasn't really worked out for him. Now, whether that's because he's been in the B team against Leeds and it wasn't really going for him or mm. at Wimbledon in midweek and he's playing with El Nini and Cedric and Eddie and Ketia, we actually saw half an hour at least or 25 minutes to half an hour of him coming on around the first team And I thought he looked exceptional. It looked like a different Martinelli. And what I loved about him was he wasn't hugging the touchline like we sometimes see with Saka and Pepe. On the ball and off the ball, he was moving towards the centre. And that's why I loved his movement in this game in the last half hour if you watch it again Gabriel Martinelli's movement was exceptional mm. obviously the assist from Tommy Asu was fantastic and the finish is well underrated by the way from Martinelli oh. that is a very difficult how finish. can anyone underrate that finish oh <laughs> unbelievable finish so that was the kind of key points for me looking at things the fullbacks Martinelli's performance and looking at how we can try and improve on this attack in play because although we did score and we kept another clean sheet we did get the two goals I'd like to seen Mm. more of that throughout the game. And I know that I always do try to pick holes in stuff because I always want a perfect performance. But actually, when you look at the win, it's great. Newcastle weren't nothing to really be too scared about. But actually, we got what we needed because of the results this weekend that were going to be games like Chelsea, Man United, West Mm. Ham City. It was so important that we got three points to put ourselves in the mix for top four. And I really believe now that we've done that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's it's great to, to see us talking so positively about kind of the ambitions of the team for this season. Raph, before we go into the specifics, I mean, Dan's covered a lot there, but give me your raw reactions to the game, <laughs> mate.
0: Um, similar, to be honest. I think um, the first half was a little bit slow and um, I just felt like we didn't play with enough urgency. I felt like one of the things that Arteta has rang this season, I felt since, well, obviously after the first three games, mm. is we've started out, out of the blocks quite quickly and played with with an urgency um, initially and normally kind of just the game's been over because we've scored early or we've you know been able to take control of the game. Where Newcastle played with a with a low block and I just felt like we didn't move the ball quick enough it just seemed a little bit lethargic. I think Erdegaard in, in some ways was picking up some spots but I felt like he could have maybe helped dictate the tempo just a little bit more and Sometimes I understand the structure in in, in how we want to play, but just obviously when you're playing a low block, you have to kind of do something or try and be a little bit more creative to kind of create that little bit of change in in their structure, you know. And I felt like in the first half, we didn't do that as well. I felt second half, we picked it up. I think Saka was probably our best attacking threat throughout the whole game um, because he was quite direct and he was kind of attacking, um, he was attacking that side before they had a chance to kind of get into a decent structure, and then I felt like when once we'd done that, I felt like we started to improve more. And when you saw Saka wandering off with of the flank, you saw Martinelli do it when he came on as well. I felt like that that improved. I think our fullbacks were good, as um as Dan said as well. Um, and I just think overall, you know, especially in the second half, we controlled the game. Well, I don't think we were really in that much danger. So, so good. It's a game that we just had to win, and I think that we were quite professional, and mature in the way that we'd done it. Yeah,
1: I think it's a really good way of putting it. Actually, that it was a mature kind of controlled performance. There was a couple of moments, as as any team will have. I mean, you look at Manchester City, like the end of today's game. That you know, there's there's moments where even the best teams are going to drop, you know, drop one. Chelsea did it against Manchester United. So, even though we were playing a slide bottom of the table, these are games in which we found ourselves dropping points in, in previous seasons and coming unstuck, especially after a big, big loss and a big hit to the confidence, like we saw at Anfield um, Chatbox thank you so much for joining us I hope you're doing well make sure if you haven't already to drop a like on today's video and to give the boys a follow over on the socials as well you can find Dan at DanArsenal87 and Raf at Messy Music make sure you're checking out Raf's stuff because he's doing some I mean you're doing some reactions now Raf on Twitter which is great
0: to see and yeah, dipping mate, into the coming. old content production <laughs> I, it's, it's coming it's coming trust me trust me yeah, I'm enjoying forward it, to it mate.
1: I'm looking forward it's good to see people uh, you know we, we feel like I am the Red Bull Salzburg of of. Pog- Podcast. We just like you know. We create. We develop podcasters here at this <laughs> stage. <laughs> It's brilliant to see. Yeah. We love it. I mean, I should be getting a fee, to be honest. Like, absolutely, someone's got to come along and give me a five million pound bid for RAF. That's what we're going to see. Is that, is that what he's worth going to transfer mart and check his market value, and uh, yeah, we'll see doing. if we can get a deal done. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's let's go on to some of the specifics and chat books We'll be getting some of your thoughts and theories throughout this. I so do throw them in, and we'll have a section for questions towards the end of the show. But Dan, I, I picked up on the Anfield thing. We've seen Arsenal come back for some difficult performances this season. You think back to the the Laconga and parte mistakes in the Crystal Palace game and we came back and won 3-1 against Aston Villa. We lose 4-0 at Anfield and we come back with a, as Raf said, a very mature controlled performance against Newcastle. That that's that shows character, doesn't it? And that's something I think that's building in this side at the moment.
2: Yeah, and I think the way that Raph ended that in saying it was a mature performance, I think the reason we've got to take credit from that line is because they are not a mature side. They're a very immature side, this Arsenal side at the moment. And apart from Thomas Partey and Aubameyang and when Lacazette came on, I think everybody was probably under the age of about 25. So when you look at that, moving forward, the future is definitely bright. Now, I don't think we can win massive trophies and Champions Leagues and titles with a young side like that. We do definitely need some experience. But actually, when you look at what this future holds for the likes of Martinelli, Saka, Smith-Rowe, even Gabriel Tierney and Tavares and Lokonga, moving forward, it's looking very, very bright. And I think some of the kind of mentality that's been questioned over the last couple of seasons has been fairly justifiable in my opinion. But when you look at the last couple of games and maybe the start of this season, I think their mentality is starting to shift and we've started to remove some of the culture. The likes of Mustafis and Kalasanachis and Ozil and players like that are no longer here when you look at what we have replaced that with, not only is it an upgrade in terms of technique and quality, but actually mentally they do look a lot stronger or at least have the correct attitude to be wanting to wear that shirt. And Ramsdale was one of those. I think he's been an exceptional talent. I think Tommy Asu's been a great signing. Lukonga and Tavares, I think, sometimes have been questioned over why we signed them. Actually, they've been fantastic because they've been Mm. playing a lot more football than we needed. And Tavares was a great signing because it prevents Kolasinac coming back in this side, who's god-awful. But also (laughs) it actually is an up Upgrade on Granite Chaka, in my opinion, in yeah. midfield as well. Because although Granite Chaka, people seem to have this loving session with him. Everyone knows my opinions. I can't stand the guy. But actually, when you look at what Lokonga and party can do together it gives a little bit of athleticism and although Elneny is sideways mm. and backwards like Chaka Maitland-Niles gives you a little bit more of that athleticism as well and I've been really impressed with his performances of late and I'm really glad that it's a player we kept hold of and can make use of in this side because I think he can play in a few positions so the mentality I think has been questioned Tom the last few seasons but certainly mm. this season we've seen improvement and I think it was brave from Mikel Arteta you know everyone knows I'm not convinced by Mikel Arteta but I think yesterday was brave by keeping in Lokonga and Tavares because he could have brought in Elneny or Maitland-Niles and Tierney because of the mistakes we saw at Anfield. I didn't think the Congarul party looked particularly comfortable alongside each other at Anfield. Certainly you brought up the Palace mistakes which both of them were liable for and then of course Nuno Tavares if it wasn't for that pass I think at 1-0 we were looking fairly in the game and that kind of killed it that mistake. So for them to both come back and not just be given the confidence by the manager but to actually perform and bounce back with two great performances each as well I think shows the mentality of this side that they can bounce back and that they're not going to just roll over and die after one bad performance. So I've been mm. quite impressed by the by the individual quality. And I still believe that the transfer window was nowhere near as shambolic as some people were saying. I was a bit underwhelmed with a couple of them. Probably mm. Martin Odegaard, if I'm honest with you, is the one I was probably most underwhelming with. Everybody else, I think, has proven to be a really good squad player, stroke first team player. So I think the mentality has definitely, uh, definitely shifted to the right sort of way forward, in my opinion. It's definitely more positive than it has been.
1: Yeah, look, I think um, that one of the key points about what you said there, especially the signings and talking about kind of the perception of the window at the end of it. And Raf, is, is it's obviously really good that Dan's kind of set this question up here because I know that me, myself and you have had discussions about Edu. And I'm mm-hmm. obviously not bringing this up just because it's yourself, but you put a video out on Twitter talking very openly and kind of in retrospective thought about Edu and the window. And in particular, yes, I agree with a lot of the points made about the fact we missed out on a central midfielder, the fact that we didn't do enough in the sales department during the summer, and there were still a lot of surplus players that we could have moved on. But the players that we brought in, all I think all of them played and started. Did they all start yesterday? Tavares, Ramsdale, Laconga, Erdogan, Wyatt and am I missing Tommy Asu, they all started, Asu, every single one yeah. of those six signings started and then you throw in Thomas Partey and Gabriel who were both signings of Arteta that were signed in the previous summer under Edu, it's this real kind of influx of quality additions that's turning this team around.
0: Yeah, no I agree and um, again like obviously we um, in the past we've had discussions in and around um, Edu and, and I still think that um, there's questions around maybe some of the sales. I think he could have maybe potentially got more money in regards to some of the sales he's got, and some of the like I felt like he was getting a bit too much praise for like terminations of contracts and putting people on loan, which is mm. which is something that obviously the market dictated, given COVID and everything like that. But I'll hold my hands up in that the signings. I mean, we we asked for a profile of young players uh, with the right attitude with room to grow with resale value who could immediately come in and add quality. And I think that every one of those signings fit that profile. I think if you look at Tommy Yasu, he was criticized heavily, you know, Sky, you know, it's kind of like a notorious blunder with the whole, Oh, he's not a right back. He's not a center back. And Arsenal were the only club that would, would take him. You look at it now, everybody's probably thinking, how did we miss that? What? 16 to 18 million. You look at Tavares, looks like a still at six to eight million as well. Uh Lakonga, no one was really talking about Lakonga, but you know, when you look at the people who were vouching for him in mm. uh company and Henri, and then we it's kind of been vindicated by by his performances in large. I think obviously he's gonna make a couple of mistakes. And I think that for him especially, I think his his willingness or his his need to kind of retain the ball and to keep things moving, I think Shows he's inexperienced at times. I think sometimes he just needed to clear it, and he's looked yeah. for a pass to kind of get us into a counter attack, and we've kind of it's gone back in transition again. I think those time. things will come. So, yeah, those yeah. things will come in time. In all in all, I think he's his personality on the ball. He always looks like he wants the ball. He doesn't. He never hides. And even he, he had a quote that came out, and he said that um, I think after he made a mistake, he said, "You want to play a game as soon as possible because you kind of want to re- uh, like rectify a." a a poor game, and I just felt like that mentality is the type of mentality that we've been missing in the squad. Similarly with Ramsdale, you can see, you know, immediately the the personality that he has, as well as his ability, it's what he actually owes to the defence and the confidence that he brings to everyone else in the team, and I just think all in all, even Ben Wyatt, you've seen all the memes have stopped about Ben Wyatt, nobody really talks about him anymore, coincidentally, and, you know, at the start of the season, everyone was saying how much of a blunder it was for us to spend that much money. And now he's looking like one of the best partnerships alongside Gabriel in the Premier League. So mm. I have to say that Edu, you know, he's got it right in that sense. I think, uh, you know, as some of the sales come, you know, you look at Lacazette's going on a free again, Eddie and Ketia, which which admittedly wasn't completely his fault because Eddie chose to not leave. But I think we need to improve the whole, you know, people get into the year of their contract or, fully deciding their fate without resale value. But in terms of the signings that we actually have made, you got to say hats off to him and the team because I think all of them have been successful. I think Erdegaard, who everyone probably looked at at the start of the season as the most light, like stable signing, like the one who mm. say, you know what, it makes the most sense. Because of what he did the those been, six months as well. Yeah, has probably been the most underwhelming, even though I think it's, it's way mm. over the top. But I think yeah. he's probably been the most underwhelming. So... You know, all in all, I think he's done exceptional um, in terms of this window. And if he kind of carries that on into next summer or in January, then I think we're in in a good position.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was having some discussions. I mean, it came off the back of the Erdogan article I put out earlier that obviously the article was about kind of how I felt I have got the feeling that a lot of the fan base is starting—not a lot of the fan base, some of the fan base—is the correct terminology. I started to scapegoat yeah. Erdogan a little bit, um, and like we can never just enjoy, you know, I put good performance. We can like, never just enjoy something. Do
0: you know what I mean? Sorry, I was—I li- was literally going to say sorry to cut in. I was literally going to say that. I feel like, I feel like Arsenal fans, because of like the Wenger era, I feel yeah. there has to almost be a divide, or there has to be like an issue. Yeah, and it can't just be that, you know all right, cool. He's not, he's why not do you think that news, is? Maybe some, I, I just, I, I think there's a mixture of things. I think that because of that, I think there's an immediate, you know, like there's an us and the, there's a, there's a kind of divide mentality. I think to, you know, and, and not, not to be kind of like a snobbish fan. A lot of fans have kind of come up in the social media era where mm-hmm. they, they see kind of negativity also brings, you know, more reaction to maybe some of the things that they say. I think that, you know, it's just a weird kind of thing within our fan base at times that you know there has to be kind of a reason for a problem like mm. and you see it with Abamian gets it a lot before that it was Xhaka and I, I, I'm not the biggest Xhaka fan but I do think some of the hate has been a bit over the top you, the same thing happened with Lacazette before it was Bellerin it was you know it always seems to be a player that we have an issue with and if it's not the mm. player it's it's the board. If it's not the board, it's the manager. If it's not the manager, it's Gazidis. it's Wenger. It's... I think that there just sometimes there has to be an element like we're winning. Like, And I'm not happy with where we are completely, but you know, it's a decent performance. He's played all right. Yeah, he didn't pull up trees as in he was a man of the match performance. Was he terrible though? Probably not. So I just think we just need to not always get on our players personally.
1: No, I absolutely agree. And I think that I think there's a couple of reasons for Erdogan specifically. I think you highlighted one in the fact that he was already obviously here last season. I think he wasn't—he was never going to be a signing that excited loads of people because we'd already seen him. So it was—he wasn't yep. as as much an unknown quantity, if you like. And there were a lot of links to obviously James Madison as well, which obviously built up kind of an expectation of the the, the, the money that was going to be spent on attacking midfielder. The thing about Erdogan is, and I wrote this in the piece that I've just put into the chat box, is that Erdogan started in the two games that we've created the most shooting opportunities. against Norwich and 24 against Newcastle and whilst he wasn't directly involved in an assist in either of those his influence on games and in the way that we build up is there it's just it just goes under the radar sometimes don't thing is as obvious for people to kind of pick out there's something down. I'm just sticking on this and kind of the the perception of certain players another player that's getting a little bit of criticism and I want to tackle this stuff now so we can go on to the more positive stuff towards the end is Thomas Partey and I think Thomas Partey has definitely dipped in kind of what we know that he's capable of I mean you think back to that ironically we're playing Manchester United on Thursday and you think back to that Old Trafford performance he put in alongside Mohamed Elneny last season that's the kind of level that we know that he can achieve those performances do you think that it's just linked to kind of the, the frequency of injuries he's faced and he's not 100% fit or do you think there's something else going on with him
2: Thomas Party is if everybody's at their best in this Arsenal side Thomas Party is our best player it's that Agreed. simple He is the best player that we've got but he needs to be fit and he hasn't been fit for well since he signed for the club which is so very Arsenal isn't it? But when you look at two of the players that have been mostly injured one of them is probably our most consistent up until this season in Tierney, and the other Mm. one's our best player in Thomas Pai so I see it as good news that when we do get both those players back, we're going to be a better team. Now, there's obviously the Nuno Tavares-Tini debate, which I'm sure we'll come into. But Thomas Partey, for me, is a massive figure in that midfield. And when you look back to the games where we've really, really stepped it up against teams that everybody thought we were going to struggle against, i.e. Spurs and Leicester, for me, he was one of our best players. And head and shoulders above anybody on the pitch. So when I look at the type of midfielder that we need, it is him. My other question mark about it is, I do like Lokonga, but is Party in need of somebody else? I believe that he is. And I think Lokonga's great. I like Maitland-Niles. Nenny and Chaka just do a job and need to probably go in the summer. But actually, when you look at when we get somebody else next to him that's going to not be a, a babysitter, not going to need babysitting like Lokonga, because as much as I like him, that is what he does need, because he's still learning. He's 21 years old. If we was to go and get somebody who's ready-made alongside Thomas Party, then I think you'll see Thomas Partey come back into his own. But of course, Tom, (laughs) he needs to be fit, bro. Because if he's not fit, we ain't going to see it. Now, he definitely wasn't fit at Anfield. I don't care what anybody says. He looked dreadful because he wasn't fit enough. This game, I thought he was a little bit better. Some of his passes still went astray, but actually he was a lot better and looked a lot more lively in that position. Completely different game because Newcastle's midfield of Willock and Shelby is not Jordan Henderson and Fabinho and Thiago. But actually, I thought personally... It was a really, uh, a really good kind of performance from him, and I believe that we will see the best of him. He just got to stay fit, and mm. I do. I believe we'll, we'll strengthen in January because of the African Cup of Nations. I do believe that we will see somebody come in. I don't know who it's going to be. There's lots of rumours, and Tom, you're the you're the transfer guru, so I don't know who, <laughs> yeah. don't know who that's going to be, I'll talk bro.
1: About it, I wouldn't say guru. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Pepe is off, right, Tom?
1: Oh, don't, don't. Just <laughs> don't do that. Um, I mean, to be fair, that is a point that I want to talk about, Raf, because, and this kind of comes onto the Martinelli chat. We'll tackle Martinelli in a second. Um, just briefly on Pepe. In that moment, I, I, honestly, this really irritated me is that, and I'll be real, Dan, with you here, AFTV's tweet really, really annoyed me when they said, Arteta proven wrong in the tweet that related to Martinelli scored. Like, Martinelli scored, and the announcing tweet for him when he scored was, Proving Arteta wrong, and I was like, nah. "Hold on, he's decided. He's got Pepe on the bench. Yeah. He's brought off Saka, who is a right winger, and instead of going for Gabi, who is, you know, we tend to think of Gabi as either yeah. a wide left forward or a centre forward, those two positions, mm-hmm. not necessarily a Saka replacement. So Arteta's Ooh. had the guile to actually pick Martinelli in that moment. Yeah, and fair play to him. So that tweet really got to me. But anyway, Raph, back to the point. Do you <laughs> no, think? No, fair one, it, man. I'm with you. Yeah. In in like in retrospect, do you think that decision to bring on Martinelli in that moment over say Pepe, Is there something do you think we should read into that? Is that something we should, or do you think it was just, you know, his decision at the time?
0: Um, I think um it's kind of twofold because I, I think on one hand, I think um, you know, as a manager, maybe he's just thought that mm. Martinelli's gonna be better in the game, like it was a game for someone that like a runner. Maybe like I was saying with Saka, I think that Saka was getting a lot of joy because of the fact that he was being so direct. And Martinelli, what well, you can guarantee with Martinelli that he's going to be direct. Pepe sometimes is a bit more kind of laboured. He will kind of you'll kind of wait on the ball and try and then pass a move mm. before making moves or, or or do something to make something happen. But he's not always the most direct. So I do think that you know styles make fights in a way, and Martinelli may have been more suited to to breaking the Lions with uh, a team like Newcastle and how they were playing. On the other hand, I think in terms of some of the quotes that Arteta said in, in that, you know, Martinelli deserves to play and, and he's deserved to play more and he's playing more because he deserves to, you do kind of start to think, is it because Pepe kind of isn't showing that he does? And I think Pepe's main issue for me, and I'm a big Pepe fan, in um, I think that he should have played more in certain situations. But I felt like at the start of the season, he had a real opportunity to, like, grab his starting role by by the scruff of the neck and say, I'm playing regardless. You know, the way he ended last season on, like, blistering form in terms of goals, performances. And obviously, there was a lot of people that were out at the start of the season. Saka had just mm-hmm. come back from the Euros. Uh, Bamiyang and, and Laka had COVID. Uh, Smith Rowe, he started, I think he started only the second game. Um, but there was, they, they felt like there was an importance for Pepe to come in and actually kind of, like put his imprint on the team and say, you know what? I'm going to, even if we lose or even if we, you know, I'm going to play well. So you just can't drop me. And I just don't think he did that. And -hmm. then obviously we had the game at Tottenham where Smith Rowe and Saka both played well. And then since then, and and then Lacazette obviously came in against Palace. And since then they've all just been playing well and he can't get back in the team. And I just think Pepe I just think he's one of those players that need an arm around him and need to be told he's the best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to play him in spite of, you know, the frustrations. And I just don't think Arteta sees him as that kind of player. I think Mm -hmm. Arteta also is very much a, I want you to follow the instructions that I've laid. And if you don't, you won't be in the team. And he just hasn't seemed to respond to that type of management. And I think it's significant in that I just don't see a way back for him in terms of maybe what we thought he was going to be, if that, and it's a shame because mm. I think that I I definitely think oh, he's yeah. a player there. And I think that technically, he's probably our best, like, best attacking player, technically, in terms of, you know, some of his touches, some of the way, like, he's finishing and stuff like that. But he just doesn't seem to just, he just, he just doesn't seem to want it. I don't know. Like, he just seems very lethargic. And I just, I don't know. I, don't I just know. don't think
1: it suits, I just don't think Arsenal suits yeah, it, Pepe. Like, I, and I that's not to he say he's not a bad player. No, yeah. I, look, I, I've been very critical of Nicolas Pepper. I'm not going to hide that fact. I, I think, but I, but I think when you apply the context that he really thrived in a counter attack inside at Lille, yeah. um, I think he played a lot closer to the goal as well. He's been very kind of forced yeah. out wide at Arsenal. And it's yeah. interesting, you, you use the word technical. I think that Saka's a better technical player than Pepe because like, you look at the way that Saka beat those two Newcastle players in that moment Pepe kind of struggles when he's faced with more than one opposition player sometimes he can't quite he hasn't got quite the, the level to get past a, a few players but I think he's probably the one of the best if not the best finisher that we have in the team I mean, either, we yeah, just
0: yeah. we just
1: don't get him in that position enough um and whether that's I mean, coaching I think, I think from it oh
0: yeah sorry no I said I think from a technique standpoint it's more in terms of when you look at how he wraps the ball when he's kind of, in terms of right. some of his shots, in terms of, you know, when when he does dribble and he gets in full flight, I feel like technically he's good. I think his problem a lot of the time is his decision making. And I think that's where Saka is a lot better than him in terms of knowing when to cross, knowing when to kind of dribble. I feel like Pepe always feel like feels like he has to do something when he gets the ball. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to pass a move. You just have to run at someone. You don't have to do a skill before you try and beat a man. You just sometimes just beat a man. And I think that's where Saka is better than him because although he may not always get this statistically, like Pepe will probably be better statistically in terms of goals and assists because he, try, he gets into goal-scoring opportunities a bit more and he might be on the end as where Saka will create. But I think in his general play, Saka's decision-making is just much better and I think that's why Arteta prefers him. It's similar to Willian. As bad as William was, william se- kind of seemed to do things within a structure yeah, in a way that the manager would want you to do it and you might not get goals and assists, you might not actually impact the game as much as some other guys who are a bit more off the cuff, like, a, I don't know, saint Maximum, for example, but they might impact the game in a better way because of they're going to do something that maybe a defender doesn't expect. It's a bit like Tavares as well. He's kind of yeah. off the cuff and kind of don't know what he's going to do.
1: He's raw, I think, Tavares. Is. Raw,
0: think yeah. Good. And I think Pepe, yeah. for a 26-year-old, he's still quite
1: Shouldn't raw. be raw at 26. At 26 yeah. exactly. He's just not refined enough. And I, I think that he will thrive somewhere else. I just don't think it's going to be Arsenal. Uh, Dan it would be amiss of me if I didn't get your thoughts on Martinelli because I know you've been one of the biggest drummers uh, of of Martinelli for quite some time and you've been desperately wanting to see him get back into the team a lot more critical of Arteta rightly I don't think Arteta has been using him in the right way I don't think he necessarily starts for us um, at the moment but I think that he's been shafted a little bit with the, the lack of minutes from the bench that he hasn't been able to get so I'm assuming you were absolutely thrilled to see him come on and score.
2: Yeah, I was. It was one of my main positives of the game was to see him come on, given a chance. And actually, Mm. you know, going back to the tweet that you said was out, I actually would say that he's proven Arteta right for playing him, not proving him wrong. Um, I think he's made it clear that he wants to stay at Arsenal and fight for his place. And I think that he should have been managed a bit better, in my opinion. A lot of, I think, the lack of game time has probably been down Mm. to the ACO injury. um, And whether or not we wanted to see him rushed back, in my opinion, I think he needs to play football. Otherwise, he'll have another year, which will be two years now, of Mm. not developing as a footballer. And let's be honest, I wasn't talking about Saka or Smith-Rowe a couple of years ago. I was talking about this kid because the tenacity of him, the raw talent, the amount of Mm. positions I feel he can play, the work rate, the mentality is there for me. And I believe, and people laughed when I said this, but I still stand by it, I do feel that his ceiling is higher than both Saka and Smith-Rowe because I believe that he can bring a lot more end product to both than both of those. But he needs to be playing. He needs to be playing. And he's not playing at the moment. And you're right, Tom, I don't think he gets in this team right now. But I think there's definitely a place for him. Now, if Saka's got a Mm. knock at the moment, then I think he comes in. I personally felt it was a massive, massive statement for Nicolas Pepe's future at the weekend. Mm. Because when Saka comes down, everybody's expecting Pepe to come on. And when it wasn't Mm. that, and Martin Eddy goes into that position, that to me tells me that Pepe is off in the summer. People say in January. I don't think so. I think it will be in the summer. And I think a decision has to be made on Pepe because his contract's two years left. We don't want to get down to a city position like we have with Lacazette and Eddy. So we have to decide to either sign him on or to sell him. And if we're going to take 25 million for him, if that's what people think it's worth, and we go and put that towards somebody better, then so be it. If that's the way forward, then that's the way forward. All I'll say and I'm going away from Martinelli because I've said enough on him, and everyone knows I love him. But Pepe, just to get my pennies worth on this one, yeah, I it, think we've I think we've wasted him, man. I think I think we have not yeah. found a system that suits Pepe. I'm a real massive fan of his. I think yeah. that he's not. One what of do you my think the system players. is
1: to suit him? What do you think we Same. would have to, or the the coach would have to do to get a system that suits Pepe?
2: I think what we need to see is a uh, style of play, attacking wise that allows mm. Pepe to be in and around the box, not stuck out mm. on the wide, right? Yep. Because I love seeing mm. him, you know, um, doing some tricks and stuff like that at times. Sometimes it gets frustrating for me, like other, mm. other fans and a massive section of the fan base, because he's doing it on the halfway line or out near the corner flag. Mm. I want to see him in the box, bro, because I look at them stats and I think, wow, <laughs> you're, our, you're our threat. You're scoring more goals Mm -hmm. than Saka and Smith-Rowe put together and everybody's getting very excited about those two rightly so because they're two of our own and we love them and I love Saka and Smith-Rowe but their stats are he leaves them dead in Mm -hmm. the water with stats. Chances created unbelievable goals assists so I look at it and think his future's done, Sorry, his time's done. I think the future of Pepe is, is away from Arsenal Football Club. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do because if he does go back to France or if he stays in the Premier League and there's an idea for him to play more as a forward or as a 10 or even on the left, I think the right-hand side is probably his weakest position. And I believe that if you're not cutting on that left foot and banging in goals... There's nothing more to his game. He's just wasted and isolated out there. And normally what happens just lastly on Pepe, Yeah, go for it. if you're if you're the opposition, the tactics look to me like let's get on Pepe. Because he's never given space. He's got two or three players around him all the time. Ooh. So when I look at Norwich, for example, everyone said, Oh, he was poor, really, really poor. He created the goal. And the reason he created the goal is because he's our most threatening player. And the reason he didn't have the best of games in that, in that, uh, in that game was because he had three of the players around him, because they were saying, look, leave a Bamiang. He's a goal machine, but he ain't gonna work hard. Smith Rowe is stuck out wide for the moment time. Let's get on Pepe. He's gonna be the one that's our main threat. And chasing down a goal, I would hate to come up against a Bamiang or Pepe. But if I was to pick one, I'd probably go for a Bamiang because I could get in behind him because he's not very good at winning balls in the air. Pepe stuff sticks to him more and he's dangerous with both Uh, Coming in, cutting inside and going out on the outside. And I just think it's frustrating that we don't see him go on the outside enough because I do believe that that's there in his locker. Um, So if he was a £25 million player, Tom, he'd be a good (laughs) player for Arsenal because he's a £72 million player. Everyone thinks he's a waste and a rubbish, rubbish player. And that's not Pepe's fault. That's Rolls. Mm, it's
0: not.
1: Yeah, mm. it, absolutely. Mm. Uh, and and the figure is something that's very hard mm. to escape. I find it very hard to escape the figure. Um but it is, you know, it is what it is and I think we will probably see him move on maybe not for that 25 million. I would accept personally 25 million just just to move on from it to be honest and I think we just have to hold our hands up and say it's not worked and we need to move on to the next thing because it's it's just, he's not going to be part of the group that I don't think we'll get to much, management. Tom. I don't think we'll get no. much. I don't know who's are. paying 25 million at the moment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not in know? this market. Maybe Newcastle. No maybe
1: newcastle but whether he'd go to newcastle is another thing we'd have to wait um we're going to go to questions. I was going to ask Raf about bamiang but thankfully someone in the chat box yeah. has already done that for me. Um, so let's go to Matt Thornton. Uh, if you have got a question, guys, please be try <laughs> to chat. We've got about half an hour or so left, so we're going to go through as many of these as possible. Uh, so if we could keep our answers a little bit more condensed, guys, that so we can get through even more. Raph, uh, what do you what do, you do with Bamiang I mean, he didn't have the best of games yesterday. Do you still stick with him for Thursday?
0: Yeah, I think... Um... Personally, I will play him. I think, uh, to be honest, I think uh, Aubameyang's shown that he has he has these games in his locker, to be honest, and he would just be dreadful. But I think, again, I think there's there's a bit of the Abamiang bashing all the time. I think one thing that last season everybody said about Aubameyang was he was just kind of walking around the pitch. He didn't look as interested. And now he's working his socks off. Like So even when he doesn't play well, he's impacting the game in that way. He's leading the press. And from that, we're actually starting mm. to get, um, that we're creating chances or, or you know, or it, it's, it's kind of, I guess he's leading by example in that sense. Uh, do I think, I think now it is a bit more of a sense of he's maybe playing based on the fact that I don't really trust anybody else to, to go into that game. Like Lacazette, for mm. for his qualities, I don't think, he, he doesn't show that he's going to score enough goals. Mm. Um, you know, he's good at holding up the ball. And, and, and there, in a way they're sometimes the opposite in that obviously Aubameyang doesn't hold up the ball well. It doesn't stick with him. But he's a, lo- he's a lot more of a goal threat than than Lacazette is. And I think with Aubameyang, although I think the main issue with Aubameyang is the chances creating are, are just limited. And I think he's always been a striker that maybe needs four four chances. He may score two. He's always been that type of striker, even from Dortmund, St-Etienne, and at Arsenal initially. And I think now he's only getting one chance, maybe two chances a game. And that's why I think it looks worse than it maybe is. But I think ultimately, who else are we going to play up front? I don't think, although Martinelli scored, I wouldn't bring him in that game at Old Trafford away through the middle and say, all right, now nah, Martinelli is the keys, go and play. I just think that if you were going to do that, you would have had to have done it maybe a couple of games to to, to kind of bed him into that. And I just don't think you're going to do that realistically. So I think that I, although Aubameyang is not in the greatest of form, I think it would be remiss to to, to leave him out now, because and and mainly because of the option. I think going forwards into the summer, I think that's going to be the area that we do strengthen, and I think he will be eased out. I think he will still stay, but I think he will be eased out and they will just go on a free. But I think that right now he, he's the best option that we have up front.
1: Sticking with the striking situation, Cole Jan says, Dan, uh, would you sell Lacazette in January? It would force us then to sign a new striker.
2: Well, I think we need to sign a, a new striker in January anyway. Um, so that's my first point. Do you think um, that will happen? I, uh, the reason I'm going to say yes is because oh, really uh, of what we just because of what we are just talking about, um, we ain't exactly firing on all cylinders. The last time I looked, it was minus two, bruv. So, we definitely <laughs> exactly sorting our goal scoring out. So, Eleven goals uh, against City,
1: Liverpool and Chelsea don't help, but I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. true. Yeah.
2: Very true, actually. Yeah, very true. But we're better defensively, apparently. No, I won't go into it. Um, oh, so... No. Uh, forward... <laughs> uh, you had to uh one in. there you go. Um, no, uh, I, I do believe in the summer, all four of our strikers may have moved on. Balogun on loan, Eddie on a free, Lacazette on a free, and Bamiang, I believe, being sold because he's got what, really? one year left. Yeah, and I no. believe we'll see a completely different strike force. So, I might be wrong, we might keep Aubameyang and I'd nobody will pay him a ridiculous amount. Yeah, i will be shocked because he's um, going to give him that
0: money yeah. as well. Yeah.
2: That's, that's, that's why I'm bringing up the money thing because I don't think anyone's got that money. Particularly Barcelona and Real Madrid who yeah. need strikers. I don't think they can afford to pay him that. So, mm. I believe personally that we may see him if out of the four staying uh, for his final year. But I wouldn't surprise me if Lacazette says, I want to go and Aubameyang says, well, he's my brother, I'm going as well. So I think when you look at Lacazette in January, I'd keep him just for the pure fact that I don't really think that it's worth selling Lacquer who's fitted into a new formation and style for us for the first time in God knows how long. Um, to then just for the sake of between five and 10 million, which let's be honest, that's what we're going to get for him. Um, we might as well just keep him. I think personally, um, I wouldn't sign him on a new long-term deal because I don't want to give somebody else 250K that's in their thirties. Um, so and that's what he's going to ask for because he's on 180 at the moment. So I think personally, what you've got to do is look to sell Lacazette and Eddie for, for just get rid of them in the summer. It depends what you want to do with Bamiang, but we need two centre-forwards mm-hmm. to come in. I believe we need one in the, in January, personally. If not, we definitely need two in the summer. Um, so that's the way I see it. Um, I know there's a lot of links with, with strikers. We need to be realistic. We're not going to go and get Haaland or somebody like that. But actually what we could do is look at you know, one of Vlahovic or or Dominic Calvert-Lewin if they are more realistic. Um, But I still feel that we need two, Tom, in the summer if we're going to lose both Laka, Eddie, and of course Balogun, who I think needs a loan because he can't keep playing under-23s, man. He's killing it. We need to get him playing first-team football. Even if it's at at Norwich or or Brentford or Sheffield United or something, we need Mm. to be looking at him playing. So that's what I would do personally.
1: Yeah, no, I think you made a lot of great points there. I think that I think we'll get two if Aubameyang also goes. I'd, as, a, as Raf said, I think I'd, I'd be shocked to see him leave because um, of the finances involved with that and the fact he's got one year left. And I, I struggle to think who would, why Barcelona or why Real Madrid, who are the two that probably could afford those wages, why they would go for him. Maybe we talk about China and we talk about Qatar with these places that play PSG, massive wages.
2: PSG might have PSG game of the do Bappe silly and- things.
1: Maybe, yeah. maybe they, yeah, maybe they take a gamble, but I, that does make a little bit of sense, I suppose. But I just, yeah, I still struggle to see him going uh, Balogun. Look, I think he goes on loan this January. He's killing it for the under 23. he scored a, a hat trick the other day. Uh fantastic player. He's, he really is. And what's interesting at the moment, and I wrote about this too, is that he's starting to play slightly off to the left-hand side of the striker, in kind of this, you know, Henri style, just skewing to the left, cutting inside, finessing finishes. It's great to see. And that kind of added versatility to his game. is only going to help him gain more opportunities in the senior side. So I think he goes on loan in January. If that loan goes well, bring him back into the senior setup next season. Because you're losing in Ketia, you're losing in Lacazette at least. You bring in a striker and Balogun becomes kind of a part of a Balogun, a Bamiang, who's kind of on his last legs. And a new striker that comes in. I think you could argue we play Balogun even with another striker slightly may or maybe left of center. So that's going to be intriguing. Uh Wesley says, Rath, who would fit as Partey's partner? Who could we bring that has the experience and quality for that
0: role? Um, I think to be honest, I think there's quite a few options. Uh we we probably spoke about this before, but um mm. I think um I, I would like Kessie personally, Kessie um mm. Obviously Basuma is the obvious one, but I don't know if he's got a little scandal that nobody knows yeah, about We don't know. <laughs> we don't yeah, allegedly, uh, it's uh, all allegedly. allegedly yeah, we don't know. Allegedly. Anything. So let's just leave that one. Um obviously skill wise, Basuma. I think uh Zachari is an option potentially. I like Renato Sanchez. I know that I know that you're not a big fan, but and if he could get the, the injuries sorted, I think he's a great yeah, player. But I think, risk, isn't it? I think seventy one
1: yeah, games, Raph. Seventy one. That's, that's the only <laughs>
0: issue for me. But I think if you're looking at, I think, Kessie, uh, Gilmarish, Zakaria or Sanchez, I think there's a few options that you could go with. I think it will mm. be one of those two. Maybe, yeah, I'd, I'd say one of those, to be honest. Yeah,
1: you've got Bruno Gilmoresh at Lyon. I, yeah. I, I like Fabian Ruiz at Napoli, personally, is another option. Um, yeah. You've got Mikel Moreno at Real Sociedad, is also very good. Um, there's there's a few uh, out there, Raf. that's for sure. Yeah. Go on, mate. I no, thought you were
0: gonna jump in. <laughs> no, I, I was just gonna say. I think one thing that, because, because, um, I just think we need athleticism as well, though. I think that's the only mm. reason why some of them, especially even like a Fabian guess, Ruiz, is yeah, a yeah. very good player. Mm. But I think, I think athleticism is something that we've lacked in the midfield. And I think while Partey has that, I think yeah. that we could add that, and 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 I think that would really kind of give us a new dimension, especially given the way that we're playing with under Arteta and pressing and stuff.
1: It's, it's tricky, isn't it? And it's a good point because I don't know what future formation Arteta really wants to play. Like I feel like it's four-three-three, three, and I feel like it's the single six yeah. with two eights in front because I think he wants to mm. to do that to try and unlock more attacking potential yeah. from the team. But then you you've got a problem because Partey, I think, is wasted at six because I think he can play an eight mm. role and be really kind of transformative and progressive with the ball, but he has struggled in that department and actually maybe him sitting in that six role can work and someone like Fabian would be good in a number eight row in a four, three, three, but yeah, in a pivot kind of number two, maybe, yeah. maybe less. Um, Kigi, uh, Kigi Piggy says, uh, could we develop Martinelli into our main striker down? He seems to be natural finisher and his movement is crazy.
2: So people uh, always ask me, does Martinelli look like a left winger or a striker to you? And he's always looked like a centre forward. I think when he played under Runei Emery, I think the 10 goals that he scored were pretty much all from him being up top in the League Cup games. and of the, the league games. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe he's a centre forward. Um, I don't mind him playing on the left or right to start with, but I do think his long term future is up front. And I think that if the situation is going to be that Lacazette and Eddie and some of the options may be not there next season, we may see more of Martinelli through the centre. I think he's got pace. He's definitely a finisher. I think his movement's unreal. And I think he's got that kind of tenacity mm. that maybe Alexis Sanchez had that could play kind yep. of either down the centre or even wide or, wide positions. So I think this is a great question, and I would one hundred percent agree that I believe the future for Martinelli is up top. I don't even know how old Martinelli is, Tom. Is he twenty, 20 or what? Twenty. Yeah. So yeah. 20, that, yeah. he's got so much. He's got so much potential, man. He really has. And mm. I would, I'd love to see him as a centre forward. I really would
1: yeah I, it's funny you lose track of ages Lukonga's 22 now Um, like mm-hmm. he, it, it, I I was writing about him today and I was like 21 year old Lukonga and I was like hold on a sec let me just let me check if he is and he wasn't he was 22 <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. it's funny how quickly like you just I have to keep track of age like Ben White's no longer 23 he's 24 and like he's just keeping track of these things Benjamin mate <laughs> ben, Benjamin sorry apologies Benjamin Benjamin, Benjamin White yeah um, Thomas yes. Thomas is Benjamin <laughs> oh don't don't call me that <laughs> that's,
2: that's only when I'm in trouble yeah. with the missus yeah. yeah, man. Same um, with me, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel. Like, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? <laughs>
1: Rafinha, uh, what do you think about this question from Alex? Uh, could, you see, <laughs> could you see... Could uh, you see Tavaj maybe becoming a winger in the future with how far he gets forward and how unpredictable he is and that cross he has on him?
0: Not, not, if, he, not if he keeps shooting like he's shooting. <laughs> be, he? Yes, um, he's think, I I think he's just going to be... He's just a new age... Fullback. I think you can potentially. I've just realised. Sorry,
1: sorry, Raf. I've just realised that Raphael is surely the longer version of Raf, and I've gone to Rafinha. Yeah, I'm like, Rafinha. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> what, what was I <laughs> thinking?
0: Go yeah. yeah, on, sorry. he would be. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I think I think Tavares just will just become a better version of himself at left back. I don't. I don't really see him as a winger because I just think he's a bit too. He's a bit too unpredictable in terms of if if you had to rely on him in forward situations to actually mm. be your focal point of attack, I don't think he would be as promising. I think him being a fullback, being able to get up and down the up and down the pitch, being mm. an outlet, um, I think is, is is perfect for him. I think that he's going to be able to grow and develop, and him and Tierney is going to be a battle potentially for years yeah. because. You know, the way that he's playing, Tierney's going to have to do well to get back in the team. Even though I probably would play him against United, just just experience-wise, I think Tavares, you can hardly say he's put much of a foot wrong. And I just think that this is what we need in a team. I think City's the perfect example of having, you know, quality in different, um, in, in, in all positions, where you kind of don't know what their first 11 is going to be. And you're never really like... Apart from maybe De Bruyne and uh, Ruben Diaz and, and Edison, you kind of don't know yeah. who's going to play and you're comfortable with it either way and I think that's what we need to get to. But I think that will be Tavares being a, a, a quality left fullback back as opposed to a winner, personally.
1: Yeah, I'll just put a link in the chat box to uh, an interview I did on the Arsenal way with uh, Tavares' former coach uh, Júlio Cândido at Benfica. He he's the man that actually converted him from a winger to a to a fullback. And I asked him about that on the show, and he talked about how like he just the qualities that he was showing struck him more as someone developing into a fullback, especially with his kind of added, added physicality to his game and his yeah. height that he's got yeah. too. And so that's why they ended up converting him. But yeah, if you want to check out that interview, link to that is uh, is in the chat. Uh, let's jump to, uh, I mean, we talked about strikers. Uh, Greg asked which striker could we bring in in January. It's a big question, Dan, because... The type of deal that you can do in January is always going to be tough because clubs don't really want to part with their best players. You're going to have to overpay, typically, and not all the players that you necessarily would like to be able to get are going to be available. So how do you think we would tackle that if we were to sign
2: one? Depends how much of a big club we are, Tom. (laughs) And if talks or not. (laughs) Because if you're a big club, you'll get who you want. Um, And if you convince the project in the dream to a player who's realistic target. They've got to be a realistic target. There's no point of us going for Mbappe or Haaland. We have got to go for, like I say, a Calvert-Lewin or a Vlahovic. Now, neither of those clubs are going to want to lose their striker, their main striker in January, so it's going to cost a lot of money. I don't know if the Cronkies are going to give us a lot of money. If the rumours are true about 60 or £70 million pounds being put about, then you go to Izak, Vlahovic or Calvert-Lewin and say which one of you wants to come now. We'll get the other one in the summer, maybe, hopefully. So <laughs> I think with Vlahovic... He's the one I'd go for because I love the the I love the fact that he's just an all-round striker. He's basically Giroud, but one-on-one I'm comfortable, <laughs> if that makes any sense. So yeah. I feel like when it comes to a player I could pick, it probably would be him. Now, the rumours are that we're looking at him and he's not really interested. He doesn't want to come or whatever. I don't know how true it is, man. You'll probably know more than me. But that's the sort type of player that I'd be looking at getting personally. Now, if Everton carry on the way they're going... Calvert-Lewin might actually be more tempted to come to Arsenal than we think. So, yeah. I don't know if it's true about him being an Arsenal fan. I don't know if that's absolute he is, r- rumors. Yes. There we he go. So I mean, I there were several be... tweets that he put out when he was a kid
1: that suggests oh, okay. he's very much an Arsenal fan. Yeah.
2: Okay, so that's a good start as well because I feel like he loves the club and would want to be playing for the club he supports. So that would be a good option for me if. Flahovic doesn't want to for whatever reason come to the Arsenal and one thing I just want to finish on is something that comes Mm. back to the last question I get really annoyed when people start having debates about oh Tavares or Tini one of them ain't going to be able to be here (laughs) This is what we need mm. to be in every position. Do people not yeah, know that. 100%. This has to be like this in every single position. <laughs> yeah. But we're already saying, oh, Pepe or Martinelli got to leave because they're not going to be good enough. They're going to want to mm. go. Tavares might not be able to go to play him at left wing, otherwise he's mm. not going to stay. You don't hear this at other clubs. We never had this in the Invincible mm. season, did we? We never had no. Reyes being told he's going to go, or Fabregas, he's better go and get a leave. He's not getting in this side. Edu better leave. Ray Parler, his time's up. He's got to go. We never had that. They were all part of it. Will, mm. Wiltor, they were massive parts of the invincible season. We never had that because back then we were a big club. Are we not are we so used to not winning stuff at the moment that we can just have eleven players and the rest of them have to be sender Ross level? Do you know what I mean? So Mm. we need to look at this as actually we have got personally probably 14 or 15 really good players at the moment. We need 25. So there's still 10 positions that we need to look at upgrading, in my opinion, player-wise. And we can't be moaning about Tavares. Oh, no, it's such a shame. Who the hell are we going to pick? That's a great decision to have. I want Mm. that in every position, Mm. mate. Sorry, I had to get that in
1: there. No, no. And I think, no, I think true. In, interestingly, and we go back full circle to what we were talking about Edu at the start of the, the episode. You look at what he's done. He's brought in Tavares at left-back, a player that's now starting games at left-back. He's brought in Aaron Ramsdale. Obviously, Mikel Arteta was a big influence on that deal as well. Aaron Ramsdale's coming in and started playing. Tommy Asu was brought in, starts at right back immediately, shipped out Hector Bellerin because, they, you know, they don't have the faith in them anymore. I'm encouraged by that business. It tells me that, you know, they're going to be ruthless. Mm-hmm. And even though Lukonga's doing great with Partey, if we can go out and sign a central midfield that's better than Lukonga is performing 100%. now, all the better for the team. Absolutely. Yeah. Could not... Speaking of Tavares and Tierney, though, uh, Wilson says, "Raf, who starts against Manchester United for you?
0: Um. Yeah, I kind of answered it already. I think um, I would probably play Tierney. I know it's a bit... Okay. It's hard because Tavares is... He hasn't really done much wrong, but obviously the thing he did do wrong was mm. in a massive game that kind of... That that swung the pendulum of the game completely. Obviously, it was already... Let me not say swung, because it was already a bit on, on on the side of Liverpool. But I felt like at 1-0, similar to what Dan said, we were in the mm. game, and then I think the longer it goes at 1-0... We can grow into the game we might be able to nick something or even if we and i hate i really really hate to say this but one nil it might not have been the worst result in the world given where we are compared to liverpool at the moment but obviously that that goes in the whole game's gone it's four nil it just looks a lot it looks a lot worse like it it just it just had a lot worse of a kind of air to it because it kind of felt a bit same old arsenal-ish But I would probably play Tierney. I would say that he's fit. He played for Scotland and played well. Um, I think that we're going to need to be a little bit solid at times. I don't think that we're going to dominate the game for the whole game. If we do dominate, we're going to have patches where Man United are going to be on on top of us. And I think that we need to just make sure that we're solid and we're just doing the right thing in the right area. So I would probably bring back Tierney. but yeah, that would be my choice personally. But just on the strikers as well, though, I would mm. personally go for um, Isak. I think that he translates to the Premier League a lot better than um, some of the other options. I think Calvert-Lewin's a little bit overrated personally. Mm. I think he's I think he's decent, but I just don't... I think he's had That's one clinical. very good season. I think he's had one very good season. And I think apart from that, he hasn't really shown consistently that he's going to be able to be an upgrade on what we've got already. I think he's a very good physical striker and he's good in the air, but and even his injuries seem a bit suspect as well. So yeah,
1: the injuries is certainly a fair comment. I I I, I don't think he's a, I don't look at him as overrated in my opinion. Um, I think that he's mm. he suffers from a lack of creativity kind of behind him at uh, Everton. And when he gets chances, he takes them. Um, and so that's I feel like maybe at Arsenal he'd be you know he'd find it a lot better. And I like the yeah. physical side to his game. His area is good. But you know, Isaac is certainly someone who's convinced me more. I've been watching a bit more of him lately, and I, and I like what I see. Mm. So he's he's turning the corner for me. Um, I've got to ask Steph's question in the chat because Steph has attempted to write this into chat for five times and autocorrect us and absolutely ruined Steph's uh, attempt. So we've got, uh, would you let Mike's contract run down? We've got, uh, would you let Miles's contract run down? Eventually though, Steph managed to get it right. Would you let Mikel's contract run out and bring a more experienced manager to take us to the next step? Dan, what do you think about this? I haven't tactically asked you this,
2: by the way. I'll just, you know. No, it's cool. I'm, I'm happy to answer it. Um, I'm still not convinced with Mikel Arteta. Um, I see a lot wrong in uh, our play. Um, and I see some disappointing things from him, Um, substitution-wise, team selection-wise, tactic-wise, formation-wise. It's a little bit all over the place still for me. And I wouldn't mind this if he was 20 days in the job, but he is kind of 20 months in the job now. Um, So for me, I'd like to see some progress. Now, if we're going to see progress in terms of results, then I can say, do you know what? We've started to see some better results, and results matter. But actually, performances matter a little bit more because... You can get your results, but you are going to come unstuck if your performance isn't there. So we are still growing. It is a young team and it is a young project. And really, my my fingers have always been pointing at Stan Kroenke, never Mikel Arteta, because I never would have had this guy in charge anyway. So it's not like I can't stand (laughs) and hate on Mikel Arteta. I actually quite like Mikel Arteta as a guy. He's a massive Arsenal lover. I think he's passionate. I think he wants to do his best for Arsenal Football Club. But actually, when you look at what he was given, it was a shambles. And he's done a very, very good job, in my opinion, for his ability. But his ability is never going to be enough moving forward because we've already seen what we're trying to do outside of Europe and we're still not convincing anybody. We want to be back in the Champions League, don't we? Fighting for titles. I don't if think if he Israel's does got get that. into
1: the Champions League this season. Like, say, obviously we're in the top four race right now, mm. joint on points with fourth place. Like, does where do, where would your head be if we qualify for the Champions League this?
2: Then, season? then I'd start to say that we're showing the progress that I think is mm. acceptable for this football club. Because if we're coming eighth to seventh, that to me is just another shambles of a season. If we're coming eighth twice, and then all of a sudden we get into the Champions League places, and we're looking like we're pretty good for a semi-final or final place in both cups. I'm thinking this guy's getting something right now with his team, with these players he wants. So there's still a long way to go for me, Tom, because beating Watford and Newcastle and Norwich and Burnley is not really convincing me that we're right because Lester, I shouldn't Spurs, be Leicester Lester, my Lester, Exactly. <laughs> so Leicester, and, Leicester yeah. and Spurs, I sat there and I thought... This was a this was a really good result but Leicester were getting hammered every week and Spurs sacked their manager. So then I look at that and I think should we be beating them teams? Yeah, I think we probably should at the way that we were playing compared to them. So I think what I need to see is him to blow me, blow, blow us out the water and think, "Wow, I'm seeing so much progress and a performance that I am really walking away from the Emirates proud of." And I'm not quite seeing that at the moment. I'm loving the results. I love it when Arsenal win. I'm not one of these ridiculous fans who want Arsenal to lose so that Arteta gets sacked. No way. I want want Arteta to be here in 10 years' time because it means we're winning titles and win the Champions League. So that's the way I see it. And just lastly, if you said to me, do we want to cut his contract short? I don't really care. The way I see it is this. If he doesn't start... To show progress in the league positions, not in win two games, draw five, win one again and everyone gets excited, lose again. Then we go and win, beat Watford again and everyone's excited. If we can go on a consistent run and we can start to prove that we are there or thereabouts for top four, as we are right now, I'm a happy bunny. So I'm happy right now because we're where we should be. We're not going to be in the top three, but top four race for Arsenal, West Ham and Man United is definitely on. But, and I'll say this. I did it when Tuchel and Lampard have the same Chelsea side that he is now getting into title winning and Champions League winning. Not to say that we are, but that's just to give you an example of where Lampard could take this Chelsea side ninth and Tuchel wins the Champions League and is now currently sitting top of the table with them. That for me is what maybe Ten Hag and Overmars could do with this current side, take us to that ne- next level, which for me is consistently getting into the Champions League and competing for trophies. Then you add what you want to it, look at, you know, a few players um, to bring in, and then you can try and catch up with the top three. But at the moment, in my opinion, Liverpool, Chelsea and City are three of the best teams in the world. I can't really give you anybody that's better than them. I can give you someone who's on par with them, like a Bayern Munich, but three of the t- best teams in the world are currently in our league and that's just sucks, but that's the way it is. So, So we've got to be the best of the rest. And if Arteta gets his top four, he'll be here 100% next season and I'll be behind him.
1: Mm. I, I have to say, and, I, and the chat box and I, I'm very honest with you guys. I think there's a there's a few unfair comments towards Dan about his assessment there. There's no abusive comments, not at all, but criticism of, of that. I mean, let me read Tebow Says Dan, we're tied for fourth. Oh, we we'll still to. like <laughs> you if you give I know, I know, but I, I don't like not giving people the opportunity to respond. And from my perspective yeah, no, cool. and from where I'm at, like I always said that after the VRL game, I was like, I can't, I can't back yeah, that. No. That, for me, is not something I can sit here and be like, look, we've got to keep the faith because I wasn't seeing the progression. We finished back-to-back eighth place. This season, we're starting to see things change, which is great. It's progression. And right now, yes, we sit tied for fourth place on points, and that's great. And I will sing all day long about that. Mm. But at the end of the day, if we're tied for fourth place at the end of November, but come May, we're yeah, like, it, I don't. There. I won't care that we would join it for fourth in November. Yeah. It's going to matter what happens at the end of the season. It's great right now, and Dan's not sitting here saying Arteta's got to go. Like you'll see, a lot of commentators no. turn around and sit and say mm-hmm. it's a case of we've got to see this consistently done for the rest of the season and achieve our goals. Now, I, I said, Dan, Raph, I want to bring you in on this as well. Yeah, if we don't get top six, he has to go. Um, because that's three seasons and he's not progressed us. And I think there's a lot of talent there. And there's, and I think Edu, who I, you know my thing about Edu. I really like the guy and I think he's doing a great job. I think we need a, a manager that's going to, you know, really put in place what Edu's kind of foreseeing at this club with his recruitment and if Arteta can't progress after three seasons I think that's enough evidence to say that we probably need a change but if he gets top six which is my expectation for the season top four would be an unbelievably good achievement for us this year I I'd n- had no hope at the start of the season we'd ever get into the top four so to get that would be great but do you what do you make of kind of the, the debate around his position at the moment Raf? and you know the idea that we've just got a full on back him now or that still there's a lot of people that go no we still got to go where do you kind of sit on the spectrum
0: um i'm 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 quite i'm similar to dan to be honest and and yourself in that um i i, I don't personally think i i don't think that he's the right manager for me us personally i'm happy to be wrong though i'm happy to be wrong and and i hope that he is i hope he does well because it will mean mm-hmm. that we don't we don't have to change a manager but i mean as much as I can see a bit more progression and I'm starting to see slowly an idea of how he wants to play, even in regards to Tomiyasu being inverted, right? back. I can kind of see that Chambers fit that mould more than a Cedric and a Bellerin. And maybe that was the reason why they were starting. And now you have a better version in Tomiyasu. You can see an improved aspect in that play. Similarly, in just certain things that he's done in terms of how we're playing, I see improvement. I see a better structure defensively. I see a goalkeeper who can play out from the back with less mistakes, even though I I I felt like Leno's a decent keeper, you can clearly see that Ramsdale's been an upgrade so far in what Arteta wants to do at least. But I'm still not convinced in certain things. And and even though we're getting better results, I mean I think tactically, in-game tactics, I think tactically he's he's shown he's been able to adapt from the beginning of the game, but in game. Yeah it's very evident that he's going to make the same substitutions almost every mm. game. You know, Erdegaard, Lacazette comes off, Erdegaard mm. comes on normally. Well, the Martinelli
1: change is, is hopeful, isn't it? That that was, was a little bit different. It's, and that it's, was ho-
0: it's, it's hopeful, but it's the same. It's kind of like for like in terms of position. Like the formation didn't change in any way. There was no actual change in the way that we approached the game from a tactical standpoint. It was just another player in that position. So I think in that sense, for me, has to improve. I think that he has to improve in maybe his management of the squad at times has been, has left a lot to desired. I think there's times when he's played people in like kind of almost like they were injured or they were 80% and then got injured again. And then that's affected us in the long run. There's just little things. I think Arteta's shown for me that he does seem to have good tactics and he's got good application out of certain players. But I think that his man management could improve. I think there's just a lot of things potentially that could improve do i think that he's going to take us to where i think arsenal deserve to be i'm still i'm still not 100% sure and that m- maybe is what dan and some of the other fans are saying while i'm not on the arteta out brigade and oh, yeah, he has to get out and I hope we lose. So, he, like to me, I don't think they're all... Well,
2: they're not fans. So. Yeah, so... No, that, that, that's the like, madness. Yeah. So I I've never understood that. Yeah, but I've I just... never understood
0: that. I just think that we still got to see, like, it's, it's not even been a season yet where we've got into Europe under him. So, like, apart mm. from obviously getting through the FA Cup, I mean, in the league. So, let's just see how he develops. We're playing well at the... Well, we're getting good results at the moment. So, let's just see if that maintains and that can actually kind of get into actually great performances because right now we're still being solid and getting wins without me being outstanding I think personally yeah,
2: yeah. and I agree with that and I, I sorry Tom I just want to come in on oh, that, that because I think thing. it's bang on and I think what Raph's saying there in terms of there's so many things the reason there's so many things is because this guy's a novice learning on the job so of course there's going to be so many things that we're not quite right yet or he's not quite mastered yet because he's still learning and I personally don't like that as a club ambition. I would rather him go and learn his trade at Bolton, Wigan, or even, you know, a, a Brentford or a Sheffield United, and then look to come and get the Arsenal job. Because somebody that I do like who's young and up and coming is Graham Potter, but he didn't get stuck straight into the Man United job. He went to Sons. he went to Swansea, he's now at Brighton. And let's be honest, he probably was an option for Manchester United and may even still be. So... I look at that way that a manager goes and I think, do you know what, that's perhaps the right way to do it. Go learn your trade, get yourself experience and better at what you do, and then go and get yourself a big job. And that for me was just not the way forward for us to look at. And the only thing that I still get find frustrating is that I don't really see a style of play. I do see glimpses of it. I see glimpses of attacking play. I just don't see a style. And I don't yeah. really know if we're a... Passing out from the back, high intensity off the ball side, or if we're now a little bit more lumped long in a four-four-two, if we're now trying to play from the wides with inverted fullbacks like Raff was talking about, there's all a little bit of a mix of everything. I'm not really sure what it is. And when your attacking stats are comparable with Burnley and Norwich, Norwich you're in trouble yeah. as a football club. Yeah, so we need to change that. And I hope that he can, and I want to see progress in those positions because I feel for me that the answer isn't always we need new players because he's had enough new players now. Yeah, these there's only about five left that aren't his, I think. So we need to get away from it's the players or we need more players because this is his team now. And for Klopp to get out, for Klopp, Tuchel, Emery and Wenger to all get 30 goals out of Bamiyang and for Arteta to get 15 Something's wrong there. In my do you think opinion.
1: age plays a little bit of a thing there? Potentially, <laughs> potentially.
0: Uh, but go on, uh, Ruff. Sorry. Go sorry. Go on. I, I would say it would if he was getting the same chances and missing. And that's the point. I, but... I think the issue for me is the chances created. He's not like we create a lot less chances than we did under Emer- Emery and especially under, um, under Wenger. And I think that's the main issue for me with Arteta. I think defensively, we do look a lot more solid and we have a defensive structure. But I think the way that he's attacking now, it seems so geared around getting the ball wide and getting balls into the box and kind of like percentages, it seems. it Mm. just To me, I just think there has to be an element of creativity and the players are allowed to express themselves. And that's where you'll see a lot more chances created as opposed to this kind of, I don't know, symmetrical kind of thing that he's got that I, I just don't see working at the moment.
1: For me, I think Arteta has instilled a mentality in this side, and that's a really yeah. good thing. Like, I, I think agree you, see that. The, yeah. you see the difference between this current group of players and, say, the end of Engers' era and Unai Emery's Absolutely. team. Yeah. He hasn't been able to instill a side that really get behind him and his ideas. Yeah. The issue is now is whether those ideas can really kind of, you know, grow into something that we see, as you say, a style. I agree completely with what you guys yeah. say. I think Arteta's done some really good things, but to... to he, he's not, you know, he's he's far from the finished coaching article, but he's, he's still yeah. got a long, long way to go. And uh, that's, I mean, that's understandable. He's, he, he's a completely new coach, but understandable in that sense may cost Arsenal, you know, the, the future that we want. I hope that it doesn't. And I really want Arteta to prove to us and to everyone that he can get this team playing in a way, as you boys have said, we can see glimpses of a star. I mean, you look at the Tavares goal, for instance, that mm. was showed us what this team is capable of doing under Mikel Arteta. You look at mm. plenty of the goals that we've scored, although there's not been too many of them. And that's kind of been one of the issues.
0: Yeah. But it does,
1: yeah. the show, the, the style is there. It's just now about kind of, you know, getting that out of this team on a consistent basis. And not only that, but we, we've dominated possession in so many games and it's the lack of what we do with it that I find so mm. frustrating. And Aubameyang, yes, and I, again, I, I know I feel like I'm self-plugging myself like crazy, but I put a piece up the other day about how I felt like we could sign, you could go out and sign Robert Lewandowski and we'd still have a goal problem because we're just simply not creating the chances for the striker at the moment. Saying that, Aubameyang did miss an absolute sit yeah, yeah, yeah. which completely oh, undermined my piece. Yeah, and I was wow. like, oh, thanks, Alba, for that. Really appreciate oh, that. But uh, that
2: yeah, was it was bad. a really bad
1: miss. But maybe that, but part and parcel, like, there's, no, there's no excuse to miss that chance but what you can say is a possible reason as to why it is because he's getting so few chances oh, yeah. that he's used to yeah. he's just not he's, he's not in gear he's not He's not got that mm. you know that level of focus and consistency in his game that he's used to and maybe that affected him but it is I, no I think it's a
2: balance as well Tom it's about a balance because under Emery and Wenger we were very good going forward but boy did we leak goals and mm-hmm. I know that I took the mic earlier by saying that our goal difference is rubbish because of our yeah. bad defending but actually it don't have to be Einstein to work out that Gabriel and White is better than Mustafi and so right so we're going to be better defensively so when you go forward now you need the balance so that we're not leaking goals four or five per game but we actually might get a chance where we might be able to beat norwich four or five nil because we used to do that so if you can get that balance right then i think that's what's needed and again you know he's had a long time to try and get this right now Mikel arteta and you know vieira at palace um graham potter at brighton um david Moyes at west ham i've had kind of enough time for them to come in and also look to implement a style and what they want. And I think they've done that very well. I know Palace lost at the weekend, but actually when you look at what they're trying to do, it looks like they're they're all thereabouts. And I tip them to go down this season, Palace, because they lost so many players. And Vieira, I thought, was going to have a real tough time. But actually, it looks like he's done a really good job. So I'd love to see Mikel Arteta now show me a style and show me that he can get this team scoring goals. That's the next step for me.
1: Yeah, Patrick just around off the show says, the table doesn't lie, it's just the, the Burnley points of the weekend that has been postponed. That the table doesn't lie, the table, sorry, doesn't lie in May, like, and, and that's what yeah. we always need to focus on. Is yeah. again, yeah. we could talk about where we are now, it's great. Yeah. I talk about where we are now because I love just winding people up. We're talking about, look, we're, we're fourth, what are we going on mm. about? And it's, and it's all happy and clappy and jokey, but when it comes down to the serious stuff. It will matter where we are in January. Uh, sorry, in May. It's, it's the point about it now is that we need to be grounded, is that we can't lose our heads and start calling Arteta the greatest manager of all time. And I know that's not what people are doing, but we still need to remain in the context of this is where we're at and, right now. And
0: just, where we're gonna go. and just another thing as well. Everyone did like... I think Arsenal fans, we've got a kind of a short memory when we want to. Like, Emer- Emery went on a 22-match unbeaten run mm-hmm. and everyone was saying... And if you actually watch those games, and I probably even came on here and spoke about it, a lot of those games weren't convincing. A lot of those games, it was like, we don't really know how we're playing. We don't know how we're winning, but we're managing to win. We're conceding mm-hmm. all of these chances, but we're just creating chances, so we're winning the games or we're drawing. And then, obviously, we drop like a lead balloon. It's not... Sometimes yeah. it's not just about The results or the performance, like it's about the performance as well, and it's about. Seeing what we're doing, so that we can kind of understand where we're going to get through an identity, the yeah, yeah. Mm, and it's it's whether it's sustainable,
1: sustainable as well, isn't exactly. it? Like, it's what we see right now. Is it is it sustainable? And I have my yeah. doubts about that. I hope that we can, you know, we can maintain this, and it's results business. So, we, as I said, we'll, we'll re- recon. I always say I'm going to reconvene my view at Christmas. See where we are. are. We still in the race for top four. If we aren't going to be a lot more positive about the situation, I am positive, but I'll be a lot hell of a lot more if we still are there by Christmas after a very tricky. Run of fixtures that we've got. Just to round off the show, I'm going to get your guys' predictions for the Manchester United game. So I'm going to do a scoreline and scorers. Dan, you first, mate.
2: Uh, scoreline, 1-1. One, one. Um, and just because everyone's giving him stick, I think it's going to be an Aubameyang goal. Um, and because he's just one of the best players ever, I can't see Cristiano Ronaldo not scoring against us this season. So I'm going to go 1-1, one, one, <laughs> yes. Ronaldo and Aubameyang. <laughs> Raph.
0: Yeah, I think one all as well. Um, one all, Gabriel, header.
1: Is that a good result, just quickly? Is the
0: draw enough? I would take a draw draw if we beat Everton, if that makes sense. But I'll take a draw away at at Old Trafford, new manager. I I think that's one, and it doesn't give them points. I think the problem with losing is not only that we lose the game, it's that they gain three points. So I think even if we stop them getting three points, And we, um, and it's just a draw. We're both, we're on the same points that we're on now. It'd be a good result. We just have to beat Everton and Southampton. Mm -hmm. So yeah. very
2: briefly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a good result, but I certainly wouldn't say it's absolute shambolic. I think the, a point at Old Trafford is something everybody would walk away saying, you know what, tough place to go, we'll take it. My only mm-hmm. downside to that is that they are dreadful. And I know they picked it up again. To, <laughs> I know they picked bad, up today. Yeah. Yeah, we'll you know, they were better today and it was different. Diff, some different players, but they are a dreadful side at, uh, at the back. <laughs> so we should be able to at least... Um, You know, they're kind of the opposite to us, aren't they? They look good going forward, but shocking at the back. So I think it could be that's why we cancelled each other out. I think 1-1.
1: I want to be optimistic and say we'll nick it 1-0. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I like Dan's optimism about Aubameyang so he can prove some people wrong so he'll get on the score sheet and get that goal. Maybe a penalty, exact carbon copy of last year's win. <laughs> I'll we'll take it, one not you? You take that yeah. at 1-0 penalty, you would. Uh, a lot of people in the chat box, similar kind of score lines. 2-2 says Sam. Chuck says 2-1. Tebow says 2-1 Arsenal. Mikey says 2-1 Arsenal. Josh says 0-0. Uh, Chris Moss, oh, I love that he's just changed his name to Merry Christmas, says yup 2-1 Arsenal. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Patrick says, one to the arsenal partay hitting the target Arsenal Gray says one one uh, and harun says three nil to the arsenal i love the optimism mate but you may find wow. yourself disappointed <laughs> says we need to score our chances i say two one arsenal thank you so much guys for tuning in sorry that we didn't get to answer your questions you can imagine there's quite a few of them we've only limited the amount of time that we've got dan thank you so much mate for coming on always appreciate your time tell people where they can find you and that you've got a show in about 10 minutes time
2: yeah, cheers having me on again, Tom. Always a pleasure coming on the Gunner Talk and talking to you. Great to be on with Raf as well. Uh, yeah, nine o'clock. Kind of over to uh, Lee Judges TV. Lee's actually not going to be with me tonight. It's myself, Sophie so Nicolau from Harby Squad. So it it's just TV tonight. <laughs> it's TV. just TV. Yeah, it's just TV. Uh, but yeah, head over to Lee Judges TV. Like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. You'll see myself, Albert from Albert JTV, and Sophie Nicolau from Harvey Squad talking all things Arsenal at nine p.m. So please head over there. Um, It'll be great to see your audience as well so thanks for having me on Tom.
1: Absolutely if you jump over make sure you tell Dan where you've come from and hit the like button as well of course but yeah nine o'clock live in 10 minutes make sure you go and check him out. Raph thanks so much mate as always fella tell people they can find you and what you're going to be up to with your own stuff.
0: Yeah um yeah messy music on, on Twitter, Instagram all sorts. Um Yeah I'm going to start to um put up a bit more stuff Um and yeah just share my thoughts, share my feelings, music in, in, in there in between as well so um yeah just keep just keep plugging away. Just keep, keep subscribing. Let me know what you think.
1: Lovely stuff. Make sure you do go follow the boys at Dan Arsenal 87 at Messi Music, you can find myself at Tom Cantor Media and at Taguna Talk TV. I'll be back tomorrow morning with the 8am show. Uh, as always, we're very close to it becoming the Arsenal transfer news show, as it will a month before the January window. Um, and of course, I'll be live, I'm assuming 8pm-ish uh, tomorrow evening on the Arsenal Lounge, as always, with Mo, Shaheen and Lev. So make sure you tune in for that. I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, Up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates are and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mate's already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. delivery. You in?
2: quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns
0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans